Welcome to Entrepreneurship Happens, where we discuss the good, the bad, and the ugly in entrepreneurial journey. This week, we'll be talking to Lynn Howard, an entrepreneurial guru that helps other entrepreneurs successfully overcome and navigate through difficult obstacles within their entrepreneurial journey. Also, please do not forget to like, subscribe, and share on all of our social media platforms. So without further ado, let's get into it. In today's economy, many are sitting with heavy questions about their careers, finances, and work-life balance. Maybe you're wondering if working two jobs is worth your valuable time and energy, or how to be more available to yourself and your family, or if now is the right time to make that career transition, career advancement, or jump into entrepreneurship. Hi, my name is Tara Hayslip. I'm the CEO of Grounded Energy 111, international best-selling author and spiritual career mentor. I help entrepreneur women and corporate career women create soul-aligned careers around their lifestyles. If you are or have been feeling like you want to do more with your career by making that change, advancement, or start your own business, I invite you to my free monthly workshop, the Be A Boss Workshop, where you'll meet other women going through similar career transitions and experience an interactive group coaching workshop. For more information, follow me on Instagram at grounded underscore energy 111. Join the grounded community through my link tree and my Instagram bio. Check things out on my website at www.groundedenergy111.com or email me at tara at groundedenergy111.com. And I look forward to connecting with you soon. Well, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Do our listeners a favor and tell them who you are and what do you do? Sure. My name is Lynn Howard, and I'm an entrepreneurial development strategist. What that means is, is I help people get shit done. I've been an (laughs) entrepreneur for over 25 years across many continents. I've started and sold many businesses, all bootstrapped um, and sold across three continents. And I currently reside in Bangkok. So, yeah. Oh, nice, nice, nice. So, Lynn, why did you become an entrepreneur? Well, I've always had the hustle. I I really don't care for the whole, the hustle movement is bad. I think it's all mindset and the way that you use it. I've always been a survivor and a thriver and a hustler. I've had to out of survival reasons, but also um, I've just always had that spark within me. And when I realized it, um, because I was in sales and a few other things prior, and I love sales, I've always been in sales. I think as an entrepreneur, we're always in sales, but um, to like make the leap to officially do actually create businesses with employees that are sellable, scalable. Um, that leap was pretty big, but it was, it was destiny. I, and I knew that um, very much so. And I don't look back. Awesome. That's awesome. So what do you love most about being an entrepreneur? Many things. Uh, one thing I really love about the entrepreneur journey is the the spirit of it um and that goes back to the first question that was asked by caster is that um i love the vibration of the entrepreneurial like spirit the mm-hmm. idea that anything is possible that you are a creator that you can take life into your own terms or like our book 
I have multiple books, but like the book that we wrote, the title is The Pursuit of Badassery, right? So like being on your own badassery pursuit. And I I love that. I love that, like that vibration. And when I travel, because I've traveled globally for many years and going to new cities and when I can feel that, that vibration of just the entrepreneur kind of like mm-hmm. opportunity. Um, it just really makes me very excited and some places in the world have it more than others. So that's definitely one thing. Another thing, especially when I had kids at home, I raised three kids. Um, the three of them are less than two years apart. Uh, my ex-husband's daughter and then two of my biological kids. And um, he worked a lot out. So I pretty much raised them a lot on my own because he was either off island or in a different country. And it gave me the freedom to be able to be the parent that I wanted to be. So I could be there and make my schedule. I had to get creative. Like there's no lie. Like sometimes I'm well, still I'm up at 4am or up until midnight working, but then I have the day off to be able to do what I want. So it also gives you the ability to do things more on your terms. Um, which is an interesting dynamic all in itself because there's a lot of falsehood around that as well. And, but yeah, that those would be the two main reasons I would say. I understand that. So question for you though, and I've noticed this myself, we've had entrepreneurs from across the globe come on the show and speak. And it sounds like everybody's journey, no matter what country, no matter what city, it feels like, the like you said the entrepreneurial spirit is the same it's it crosses you know races cultures it's almost the same would you agree with that I do a lot and it's interesting because not only is the entrepreneurial very similar to each other I wouldn't say it's you know copy paste you know cookie cutter which I know that's not what you're saying obviously right 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 um with that being said though there are certain parts that are absolutely the same that first leap that you know, the uncertainty, the like being ballsy and like going out in there and doing what you need to do, the work that you put in and the success that you can have, the hardships and um, just kind of the different benchmarkers that depending on how successful the business is that you that you hit. And it's really beautiful to see that those common links. The same is because I work with I work with businesses. I've worked with big businesses and I'll go in and work with leaders or teams and actually in corporate worlds and in leadership too, a lot of the problems are the same. It's just from a small business or a solopreneur to somebody who has thousands of employees, there's a lot of similarities. Now, the big companies don't like to hear that because they feel like they have to like be better or whatever. Right, <laughs> but, right, right. But it's true. And I think that that's a beautiful point that you brought up because a lot of times, especially in the solopreneurship and entrepreneurship world with small businesses, we feel alone, even in leadership, even in the corporate Mm -hmm. world, those higher Mm -hmm. up ranks, they feel alone. And Mm -hmm. it's really interesting to watch people navigate that. And that's one another reason why I love what I do, because I help them navigate that not alone. Right. In, in essence, we're alone together. <laughs> Absolutely. And it is about finding your people who can understand the journey that you're on, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we often, you know, more times than not, we get comfortable within the circles that we're in. And especially with entrepreneurs, because we're kind of the lone wolf or the one who's like doing that jump. 
for those of us who don't come from an entrepreneurial family, even those that come from an entrepreneurial family, sometimes it is difficult to make that leap just because, you know, these people over here want to protect us, make sure we're safe, make sure we're okay. But a lot of times they're not the right fit for who we need to be in order to accomplish what we want to accomplish, right? And so it really is important at different stages to find your people mm-hmm. um, because as you grow too, like 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 I was introduced, like I've been in, an entrepreneur for over 25 years. Right. My people have changed even the last 15 years where I've been a consultant, a global consultant. I was before COVID, I was before it was cool. <laughs> I was a coach consultant and the 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 people that I've had to transition in and out of my life have been exponential mm-hmm. because I will grow at a different rate than they'll grow right. or vice versa. And we're just right. not the right fit. The reason season lifetime that happens in, in our world too, not just in your right. personal life. So right. it is really important to find your people who can continue to upscale you. I used to be an area director for an organization called BNI and uh, I was area director for 11 years and Ivan Meisner, who was a creator, used to always say about, you know, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. You're in the wrong room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so keeping that concept, like you want to be like, you don't want to be the best looking house on the block, right? Because right, right, right. your value isn't going to be as much because everybody else around all the rest of the houses are bringing your property value down. And it doesn't make that those houses bad. It just makes it that maybe you are over, over outfitted for your environment, right? Mm -hmm. So making sure that you are continuing to put yourself in places where you're challenged and your, your thoughts are challenged and you're, you're, you're expanding yourself and the opportunities change. You have to do that. That. Or you don't, that. and then you stay mm-hmm. mediocre and stay stagnant. Like, and again, this is not throwing shade or no disrespect. It it mm-hmm. is what it is, and that's right. okay if that's what you want. That's okay. But for those that want to excel and grow and and learn, then you have to step out of your comfort zone constantly. Stepping out of yes. your comfort zone, and that includes yeah. the people that you're around. I agree. Mm-hmm. So what have you found most challenging about being an entrepreneur? Depends on what stage you're asking me at. <laughs> I, would say, I would say right now, being a foreigner in Thailand, um, the it is for me, because I have a team of people. Um, I have coaches and consultants that work with me globally um, that I pass business to. I have a team of, um, you know, assistants and different people as well. And I would say that there, there is an interesting dynamic, not so much after COVID because more people are virtual, but for my clients that I want to work with, it it takes a bit more work for me because my clients really aren't in Thailand. Um, Mm -hmm. I've worked with Thai clients, but they're not really my client. I do not, I do not have Thai tact if you've. For those people that are listening that have ever been to Thailand or lived here will completely understand what I mean, but I'm a little bit like bold and I'm going to tell you how it is. And I, mm-hmm. I only want to work with people who want change, who want right. growth. And so um, constantly finding that in a virtual space or mm-hmm. in like social media and stuff, I would say is more difficult for me. So that's why I have a team of people that I'm able to get business to all the time. I mean, my digital courses and all that are mm-hmm. those kind of run on its own, but 
I would say that's one thing. Um, yeah, I, I would say right now that's probably my personal uh, mm-hmm. one. The second one, I would say sometimes even for myself, like I am a, I'm a doer. I've always been a doer. Uh, my closest people have always joked, even people who aren't as close to me, that I get more done in a week than some people do in a month or even a year. Like literally, <laughs> I went away for five days and wrote a book, right? So like wow. I I like rip, rip the bandaid off. That's my right. type of... And sometimes that's not, so my struggle is sometimes I'm not getting enough done. Like I literally just went away to finish a personal book. So this will be my third book and my only personal book right now, because the other two I co-author and it's more entrepreneurial, but um, I, I had to like walk myself off a ledge because I not a ledge ledge, but like I was beating myself up because I wanted to finish the book. I have about 40,000 words. I wanted to finish the book, but I didn't create the space in order to. So sometimes I kind of like, I won't say bite off more than I can chew, but sometimes I get wrapped up in like the every day and forget to even like heed my own words and practice them. Right, right, right. Oh, wow. So you mentioned, you briefly mentioned finding your circle, finding your people. How has your entrepreneurial journey impacted your personal circle? Has it um, made it grown? Has it shrunk? You know, some, some entrepreneurs deal with some stuff where, you know, people aren't so supportive. How has your entrepreneurial journey changed your circle? Well, I'd say both. And um, a couple of things here, and I write and talk about this all the time is one, I definitely, and this is probably more my personal space, but it definitely works in the business space and entrepreneurial space is learn to love people from afar. Mm-hmm. You know, I, there are, and this is why I haven't lived by my family in many, many years. Um, and I love my family, however, not a healthy environment. So I've learned to love them from afar. I'm going to give effort and time and energy where it is reciprocated. Mm -hmm. And so learning that balance that, and sometimes it is more of a get, like I tend to be more of a giver. So I have some people in my circle who are more takers and that's okay, but I understand the balance. I understand that I'm getting it from somewhere else. So to answer your question is it's definitely done both. Like I definitely have a lot of people that I know. I have thousands mm-hmm. and thousands of people across all social media platforms on each of the platforms, almost 10,000 on a few and which isn't a lot, but it's for today's influencer standards, but it's a lot for like, you know, right. starting off entrepreneurs or even entrepreneurs that have been around a while. And so I wouldn't call them friends. I literally just had to block somebody today. <laughs> I wouldn't call them friends, but they are acquaintances. They are part of my circle. Those mm-hmm. that I'm super close with, though, um, it definitely changes. Um, I, however, I because I because I am such an independent person because I am more of a private person, and obviously mm-hmm. I live in I travel by myself. I've lived in Bangkok for three years by myself. Like I, I'm a solo person, and I and I fuel off of that. I um, the the true relationships that I do have, they're deep. And so it's one of those where I can call them up after five years and still have a conversation with them. But I understand the role that we play in each other's lives. And I think that that's really important is that it's both expanded and shrunk, but I've also gained a greater awareness over the years of 
how people, I love people dynamics. It's one thing that I'm great at and how people act, masks that we wear, kind of how they show up, the give and the take. Is it healthy? Is it not healthy? And like understanding that dynamic and loving people for the whole of who they are, that I'm able to have really more sincere relationships with them in the context that it needs to be in the best for the best situation for both of us and not just for one of us. So I hope that answers your question. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. (laughs) So Lynn, what's one thing that you know now that you wish you knew when you started this journey? Invest in Yahoo. <laughs> invest in Google. <laughs> invest in a lot of shit that I should have invested in. <laughs> oh man. Okay. So, uh, but for real, I mean, for real, for real. And um, a couple of things. One is to definitely, even though I'm bold in my choices, I could have been bolder. I could have had. Mm. I could have cared less what people thought. Even though there's an aspect of me that didn't care because I had to do what I needed to do. And and I didn't care out of a nasty way. I just, I needed to do what I needed to do. I had two young babies. I was a single mom of like, I had to provide for them. Right. Um, So that would be one aspect. Another that's more practical is create your email lists, like actually create your systems and your processes behind the scenes to automate and gather that. I'm still like, (laughs) I've had thousands of customers across clients across the world. I have a team of, I don't know, 30 people kind of across the world and my systems still need work. Um, I was just talking to my co-author. I was like, dang, I need to update my email stuff. Like I haven't put in a new a new uh sequence in a long time so like that kind of stuff um get comfortable with no right Mm -hmm. which I was always pretty good at but be good at telling people no and receiving no um -hmm. yeah and I think I think those would be kind of some of the top things that I would say more of um and then more on a personal note is to to just say you got this like I know you believe in you but you really really do got this and like be bold be brave and be badass and like do your thing like do it I love that I love that so over your entrepreneurial journey what has been the worst thing that's happened to you and how were you able to bounce back from that Ooh, I'll say two things. One is a personal, one's a business. So I'm a cancer survivor and I was in my mid twenties when I thought I had cancer. Um, I had some side hustles, but I'd say this is definitely kind of the start of my entrepreneurial journey. And Mm -hmm. it was really like being my own advocate during this time, but also having grace and compassion because I was still hustling. I was still doing my thing. And I think that sometimes when we, and and that's continued over the past, like 25 years, like learning to, um, learning to deposit into myself, um, and Mm -hmm. make sure I'm okay. Cause I can't pour from a cup that's empty. Right. Right. We can, but we can pour so much more with our cup full. Right. Right. And so really learning that early, I think that that was, you know, that 
I would say that that was difficult in a different way for me to kind of come back from because I had to adjust to a different side uh, of who I was and and learn that. The other thing that was hard was actually just recently, right around COVID, um, I was COO of a global company and I was also selling. This is when I became more nomadic right before COVID, the year and a half before, and I was traveling globally all the time. And I sold the business um, as well as was on board of, uh, of an international company. We were in 26 countries and I had uh, had a good contract with both and agreements with both, but got screwed out of a lot of money. And yeah. that was because I thought I'd done things right and I'd overcome some of my money blocks and things like that really kind of kicked me and it's taken a while. And actually just recently I was talking with a, um, an associate who's uh, done very well for himself, sold a, sold many businesses. He's a VC, actually a global VC. And we were talking about this and I'm just now finishing licking my wounds from that because even though like I, recouped and I made peace and like I figured out what I need to do and got what I could out of it I still was licking my wounds up until a few months ago and I realized like no nah, I'm done like I'm done because this is preventing me from stepping into the next level so right. those two things one very personal I mean the financial one is personal too because it affects you but I right. mean I'm talking a couple hundred thousand dollar wound. <laughs> so right. it was not, uh, it was not like, you know, pennies. It was definitely right. something that yeah, it kicked me. Right. right. That's, that's bigger than the nearest foreign can fix. <laughs> yeah. That's not the nearest foreign can fix. Yeah. yeah no, not at all. <laughs> so on the flip side, what's the best thing that's transpired in your, in your entrepreneurial journey? What's, what's like a big highlight? It's like, yeah. <sighs> Oh, there's so many. (laughs) Well, the books, I've written two books and published two books. We are award winning. Um, So that's pretty cool. I've been featured on the cover of magazines. I've been on TV. I've been, yeah, I, um, yeah, I've been on international stages. I've spoke many times. I've the biggest crowd I've (laughs) spoken in front of is 6,000 people. So there's been a lot of highlights, but I, I will say that probably, and, and I'm a personable person. So even though sometimes I'm prickly and kind of <laughs> not everybody thinks this, but I am, for those that know me know that I am, I would say probably one of my biggest accomplishments though, is like raising three amazing children throughout this whole process who have a good head on their shoulders, who have that spirit. They got to see their mom hustle. They understood things differently from a different side. And especially because my ex and I were best friends, even though we divorced, but we showed our children different from what, because we grew up rough. We grew up very rough and very poor and broken homes, mine a bit different than his. And we gave our kids different and And I think because of the entrepreneurial journey and like watching my kid, like my daughter just graduated uh, college uh, this last December and like to see that and experience that and to watch them become young adults, I think is probably one of the most profound, if not the most profound thing that's happened in my personal and professional life, because they've been very much like 
they my they would go to networking groups with me and they would stand up and sub for people and I would put them in you know in front of these people because we lived in Hawaii at the time and I, we had no family there and when I was single because my ex then was out of country like my Hanai family, the people around me were my people. So like my son wanted to learn real estate. I put him in front of all the real estate and the mortgage people and everybody that I could. My daughter wanted to go to Harvard. I found people that went to Harvard or had connections to Harvard Harvard, and like all these different things. And I think that that in itself has been because of the way that I designed my life, I was able to be there differently for my children and give them a different experience. And so so all of those to me. I can't just name one. <laughs> hey, hey. And they're continuing to come. <laughs> right, right. Well, and you know, we that's good because we tend to, especially as single moms, we tend to be hard on ourselves and over critique ourselves because there's that work life balance that doesn't really exist. You know, and, and you're, you know, Absolutely. in charge of these little people and you don't want to raise, you know, you don't, <laughs> you don't want to raise baggage that everybody else is going to have to deal with. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So. Well, if I can add, it's not, it's actually not just single moms too, but especially as single moms. Mm-hmm. Um, I have girlfriends who are, I have a few, actually my co-author who loves to work and we have this conversation all the time. There's this guilt that comes with parents, mm-hmm. mothers, especially. Men mm-hmm. do have it as well, regardless if they're in a marriage or not, or a relationship or not. I have girlfriends who are married, and I remember having this conversation with my best friend in Hawaii, and she was like, she have a breakdown. She's like, I feel so guilty, and my husband doesn't. And I'm like, babe, like this is normal for us because we lead by that. But absolutely, like my my kids are my life and like they have taught me so much and they've made me be a better entrepreneur. They've made me want more and accomplish more because of them and to show them and lead by example, it's the least that we can do in my opinion as parents, however we parent because nobody can tell anybody else how to parent, but yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, what has been the craziest thing that's happened to you? Any crazy clients, any crazy customers where it's like, where the hell did that come from? (laughs) Oh, yeah. I'm sure you Um, got plenty. (laughs) I don't even know where to start with that one. You mean international. I know something, you know, somebody had like a falsified uh, laundering scheme or something like that or underground drug cartel. <laughs> don't ask, don't tell. I'm not gonna say anything that's gonna ever incriminate anybody. Um, you know, oh craziest. I don't know. I, I don't know how to answer that one. I definitely say I've seen some trippy stuff, and I would say some of it comes with um, you know, some some cultural aspects. Again, like I'll come mm-hmm. like being here in Thailand and like learning the culture, like they have a very different way of dealing with things mm-hmm. and and I, I mean I lived out of country before we lived in Saudi Arabia my ex and I we were married at the time right after 9-11 we went to Saudi Arabia like he left that January I left that next year so we've lived in some shit right and so right. I would say like that being in the different countries and like seeing the different cultures, sometimes I want to bang my head against the wall especially mm-hmm. here and I I love this country for the spirit however the overall 
the the critical thinking and kind of the work ethic isn't the same as it is or the mm-hmm. hustle like wanting but the culture mm-hmm. is very much set up to support that right so mm-hmm. um and i say this with love because i do love like there's there's goods bads and indifferences everywhere and with everybody right and we learn mm-hmm. to love that all we see it for the whole not for what we want it to see but I would say, you know, definitely in Saudi, I saw a few things I cannot repeat. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know how to, I really don't know how to explain that except for, yeah. I mean, it also depends on what you define as crazy because what I think is crazy might be very different. And I'll give you a story. I'll never forget. I was before I became COO, I actually owned a franchise underneath this company. I still own the franchise when I became COO for a couple of years, but essentially it was a coaching, consulting, training company franchise. And we would always go to the corporate office before it changed uh, in California. And I remember the partners, we'd always have family dinner and the partners were like, okay, so uh, everybody's going to say what the, what's the craziest memory that they have. And I remember everybody going around the room saying it. And, and I, I said, <laughs> I was like, because I've lived a very different life than they have. I mean, again, I grew up, I grew up in a very abusive household and just rough, rough. Right. And when we were in Saudi, we were there after nine 11. So we were there when the war started, we were there when shit was going down. And I, so I was like, yeah, I can remember like having to teach my kids how to, uh, like go hide when, if we got, if our, if our compound got taken over and like what to do. And because they spoke Arabic, because we put them, I befriended local people right away. And, uh, they went to, um, like an Arabic speaking school, went to preschool. My girlfriend had a preschool. And so he, my son knew how to cite the Quran, knew who to ask for everything. Like if they, if we were captured, they knew not to touch the, the, we'll say the defense mechanisms we had in the house. Like they Mm. knew things. And so I remember telling the story and everybody just like, it was dead silent. I was like, (laughs) yeah, but that's crazy to me. And everybody's like, uh, we're not going to let Lynn participate anymore. I'm like, hey, this is like, this is a crazy memory for me. I can laugh about it now, but wow. I know in retrospect, like my life, there are times where things come out of my mouth and my friend might laugh and then they'll be like, that's not that funny. And I'm like, oh, it's my life. Like, that's what I know. Right. So right, anyway. Right, right. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Okay. That, that qualifies. <laughs> that qualifies. That qualifies as crazy. Definitely. So, okay. So what, what motivates you to get up every morning and do this shit? Because my purpose is to leave each place, each purpose, each place, people, thing, environment better than what I found it. And to leave a legacy of being the change. We have the opportunity to be able to make impact in the way that we can. And it is in our conscious choice or in our subconscious choice that we're making that ripple effect, either positive or negative. And I know my purpose is to leave each place person thing better than what I found. I've known this since I was young um, in many different ways. And it just keeps coming back to that. And now it's about building a legacy that will continue that. It's Mm -hmm. not just about the, the inner impact it's more about the outer impact and the legacy to come and I think that's why I'm writing the books and different things like this and you know my kids and I have grandkids and like making sure I'm instilling certain things inside of them 
even if they don't understand it now, like you asked me something about being proud of like with the kids, having my children tell me as young adults are 25, 26 and 26 and having them tell me how much they see me and saw me and understand what I've done and what I've sacrificed. Like to me, you cannot, you cannot pay to receive that. Right. So that's, that's what I'm doing. I love that. I love that. So here's one of our crazy questions. What is on your playlist? What do you listen to, to get in your zone? Which zone? Am I going to work out? Am I going to work zone? Okay. Okay, so it really depends on which badassery you're asking me too. So it depends. That was a badassery. I mean, yes, I got all streams of badassery. Like, come on, we are not one-dimensional. We are multi-dimensional. That's right. Come on, let's run the shit there. Let's go. That's right. So let's see. When I go work out, <laughs> when I go work out, it's either Ludacris, Nelly, or yeah. Dr. Dre. Okay. Yeah. I love old school. Can't help it. Those are my three playlists when I go work out. Um, like when I'm actually like the book that I'm writing because it's an emotional book, I'm gonna watch things that are more of the heart versus the head because I need to get in a different space. Um, so I'm definitely a big YouTube person. I love like Googling TED Talks and different things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Um, when I need to get into like a pure creation mode, uh, that is more of like because I need to put maybe tame some of the beasts <laughs> in my head right. um it's going to be classical so I'm going to listen to some classical to just kind of like melt mm-hmm. in where it's not there's not chatter um but yeah I mean it really depends on on what I am stepping into in order to be able to do that All right and then podcasts I mean I do love our podcasts I love audiobooks um yeah awesome awesome <laughs> I love that diversity. Okay, so success. The definition of success is somewhat subjective. What is your definition of success? And do you consider yourself successful at this point in time? Uh, success, the def- I've actually done talks on this on international stages. Um, <laughs> success is very personal. Uh, I would say I've had success in my life. Would I call myself successful? I don't think so. Um, I would say that I've had success. I feel like, and this is some, I literally just wrote a, a post about this and about like, even just recently calling myself an author and we've released our book a year ago, our first book, our second book came in, um, March, um, I feel like when we claim something, sometimes we hold on to it too tightly and it limits our growth and our ability to move forward from that because we're so defined in that. So that's why I say that I've absolutely had success in both personal and professional. And sometimes success looked like getting out of bed that day. And sometimes mm-hmm. success mean, mean, uh, made meant that I signed a hundred thousand dollar deal. Like, so it really depends on the day and where I'm at in my life, but I've definitely had successes. Some of which I've already spoken about my greatest successes are raising three beautiful kids. Like, especially, 
you know, having a daughter who came to me when she was nine from a, a from a very different environment and having her be a productive yeah. human being to me, that's success. And so yeah. absolutely I've seen, and I've had success and I'm continuing to do so, but am I successful? I don't know. I think that that's for others to judge, not for me. Oh, I love that answer. I love that answer. So what do you do? How do you manage uh, imposter syndrome or, or thoughts of doubt? How do you handle that? Check myself <laughs> a lot of times. Okay. So a couple of things. Um, well, one is I'm a, I've definitely been more of an introspective person. So I, I go within a lot, especially after uh, cancer. It was very much a part of my healing journey. Uh, but also I'm very, I call it spiritual. Uh, some of it is spiritual. Some of it's more intuition and gifts, but it's part mm-hmm. of who I am. So I have, a, I have an altar. I'm not a traditional person. Like I do a lot of like, I wouldn't say traditional meditation, but I do it in my way. I, I have conversations, mm-hmm. but I do it to myself. So I'll give you a live example. Actually, I was just having this conversation via text messages uh, of a client who wants me to hold her accountable. It's one of the things that I do best. And she didn't accomplish something. She wanted to push her dates back. And I asked her, what did you not accomplish and why did you not? So we can look for the patterns. And, and she told me, and it took her a while. And I knew she was having some imposter syndrome around it. And so I messaged her back and I said, listen, like, I only want you to look for the patterns and I'm going to share something with you. I literally just came back two days ago from being up North for a week. I thought I was going to go up there, finish my book because I'm about 75% done with this book. And I was going to knock it out and come back. And about four days in, I knew I wasn't going to, because I wasn't setting myself up for success. I wasn't having, I didn't cancel everything like I did the last time. I didn't make space energetically, creatively, uh, work-wise, emotionally, all of that. I said, so I wasn't setting myself up for success. I said, so literally for two days, I had to have a conversation with myself to ask myself, why am I feeling this way? What could I have done different? What did Mm -hmm. I, how did I not set myself up for success? So to answer your question is, I have a conversation with myself. I ask myself probably harder questions than anybody ever has in my life um, Mm -hmm. because it needs to come from within. If I can't do it from within, nobody else is going to do it. So that's definitely one thing. The next thing is, is your people. Don't have yes mans and yes womans everywhere. Mm-hmm. Have somebody who's going to check you on your complacency. And I'm right. very grateful that I have very strong individuals around me who can do that in different ways and different mm-hmm. abilities, right? So when right. I need it in one way, I'll go to this person. When I need it another way, I'll go to this person because I know that they're able to do that. Now, typically I'm that person for everybody, but I do have those people around me. And I think that that's important to do that about imposter syndrome. Right. Um, and then you can actually, like if neither one of those work, uh, you can literally do some self-guided like YouTube, like research and like all of that and say, okay, am I feeling this way? How can I, how can I change that? Like, what can I do in opposite of that? So, but really it's the first one. I do a lot of self-talk and a lot of saying, okay. And it's not just the talk, but also like deep healing sometimes like with the whole thinking, my whole thing, I thought for a long time, I, I had fear of failure, but it was fear of success. And a lot of it had to do with imposter syndrome. Yeah. And because I 
came from the environment that I did and we didn't have money. And like my dad said, you know, money was evil, all that, all that crap. And also like, I didn't want to make so much money, although my kids lived a very nice life and we had good money, but I didn't want to go to that next step because I wanted my kids to feel like how it felt to work for things. I wasn't going to put the silver spoon in their mouth. Right. But I had to overcome that because I was, I was having a, like, it's like, Hey, first admit you have the problem. (laughs) I think that's how it goes. I'm not part of it, but. First you have to admit, and then you have to do the work, but the work has right. to come from within. And so right. sometimes that's also healing old wounds. That's looking at the skeletons in your closet and saying, okay, I'm leading the dance now. You no longer get to lead it. And then the last part is, is like learning grace and compassion for oneself. And you can use whatever terms you want to use for that, but learn to love and, and have some compassion for your damn self, because a lot of times we can beat ourselves up. And if we're actually doing the work, like, what good is that going to do? Like I could have sat and I did for a couple of days. I was like going through my head. I was like, oh, I wish I had more creative space. Yeah. But that wasn't helping me. Even though I was killing it in the work and the work front, I got a lot done last week work-wise, but that's why I had to really like, okay, what are, what are, what are all the factors? And Mm -hmm. did I set myself up to be successful or not? And so why am I living in imposter syndrome? Because I don't need to, because I can do that. I've proven it to myself before. So get your head out of your ass line. Like that's me. (laughs) And then I have a good workout for two. (laughs) That really helps. I love it. I love it. Ludacris came through, huh? Yeah, Luda does come through every time. <laughs> so you Luda know, I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, but being 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 a, being a coach yourself, um, do you do you understand? Like, I mean, explain the the, the importance of having a mentor or coach in your business or when you're trying to be an entrepreneur. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I will say that I'm definitely more of a consultant than a coach. And, uh, Mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. and the only reason why I want to, because I have to always be authentic to me, because I definitely I've been trained ICF trained. I, I I love the coaching aspect. However, I have years of experience, intuition, knowledge, etc. And I've always been that person that can proofread. So I'm like, I'm like, your your side chick for your, your business, if you would, like I am supporting you making sure things are getting done and being that person for you to make it get done versus asking you the questions and you doing it. With that being said, if you look at globally, not just in the U S but globally, the top athletes, the top performers, the top CEOs, the top, whatever, they typically have multiple people who are mentoring, coaching, consulting them along the way in different aspects of their life. When I was at my most successful, I had five different people. I had a count, like a, we'll say a psychiatrist, but it wasn't a medical one. It was somebody who like, I can go to and talk. It was a spiritual coach. It was a marketing coach or consultant. It was a business coach or consultant and a mentor. Like I had five people on my team that were helping me with different aspects of my life. And this Mm -hmm. helped make sure that I was on the right track. Now it is hard. You have to find the right fit for the both of you. And there has to be context and agreement and there has to be check-in points in order for it to be successful. But we cannot see the forest through the trees. 
we do not, we were not put on this earth to be alone. And this is coming from a lone wolf. Like, again, I (laughs) I moved to a different country by myself. I was traveling the world by myself. Like, I have always been that independent individual, but we still can't do it alone. And so having somebody by your side that can be that voice of clarity that does not have, like, Although I do have people, I've had clients, my best friends out of Hawaii, I have two sets that I'm still their consultant coach nine, Mm -hmm. 10 years later. Right. But I've also made it very clear when I'm your friend, I'm your friend, but when I'm your coach, I am not your damn friend, but not a lot of people can draw that line and that's okay. And not a lot of people on both sides. With that being said, like you need people who can be impartial, who I was literally just having this conversation on a, on a sales prospect call. Like, listen, you have people all around you, but they're going to do what you, Mm -hmm. they say they're going to do for them. And they're going to do what they think you want them to do. I don't really give a shit. Like you're paying me (laughs) to be your voice and to be your support. Like I don't have a stake in it. Right, right, I do, but not in the same way that they do. I am here for you. I am here for your goals and I am not your yes woman. I'm Mm -hmm. going to tell you and we are going to figure it out together. Now, my way, it's not my way or the highway. It is what's the best solution for you. Let's figure it out, evaluate, Mm -hmm. move forward, right? Like there's definitely a process, but having somebody who can be that support person, a coach, consultant, who, and they don't have to be in the same industry. Like I'm not niche specific. I am in more psychodynamics versus a classification. I work with certain classifications more like right now, my co-author and I are down a certain classification rabbit hole, but that's only to be targeted in our marketing. But I help you in the people process and profit aspect, right? So finding somebody who can help you and you are the entrepreneurship, right? So finding people who can help you in that particular field is going to hopefully help you catapult you in that direction and be that support. So I hope that answers your question. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. I could babble all day. You just have to tell me time out, Lynn. Like, shut up. (laughs) That's absolutely fine. So you've actually touched on a lot of information, but what would be your one final piece of advice for a new entrepreneur or someone thinking about becoming an entrepreneur? Well, that's two different advices. So the one thinking about it, leap. Your step will be there. Take the leap progress over perfection. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And this is for both sides, progress over perfection. Things do not need to be perfect. Um, For those already in it, like make sure that you are still, there's a couple of things, make sure you always have your hands in your numbers, like know your numbers. And even when you get big Mm -hmm. enough to hire somebody, you still have an eye on your numbers. That's a huge one. Huge. I see a lot Mm -hmm. of people make that mistake. A lot Mm -hmm. of people are a bit really hard. Um, and then find your people. Like, it's really important to find your people. And I will say there's so many different networking organizations out there. There's like so many different, like online and offline for you to be able to be around individuals who are like-minded with that being said, it could be, this is why I do not like social media, no offense, but people like get in this like rabbit hole and then they don't take action. They're just like, Oh, what was me or this or that? Like, feels like nobody can think for themselves nowadays. The questions that people ask in some of these groups, I just want to bang my head. I'm like, really? Like, really? 
you don't know what deodorant to buy? Like, what kind of group is this? Anyway, <laughs> with that being said, always okay. take action. Always take yeah. action. Like, you yeah. are the, like, you, you get to choose. Are you in the passenger seat or the driver's seat? Like, you always get to choose with every decision. Are you in the passenger seat or are you in the driver's seat? I prefer to be in the driver's seat. I want to create my own journey. I want to make sure that I'm handling my shit. So boohoo in your own corner if you ain't making the driver's seat choice. That's on you. Right, right, right. Right. And then like, and then like you said, some people, you know, they're taking class after class after class, webinar after webinar, doing all this research and not putting any action behind it. So lifelong learner versus a lifelong doer. And there, there is, and I actually have a couple of clients who are lifelong learners and I've helped them kind of go over that, that threshold. And that's beautiful, but put it in, there's theory, there's in theory and don't get me sorry about that, but there's in theory and there's in <laughs> practice. You need to be mm-hmm. in practice, like right. trust that it's going to be there. And listen, I will say like, there's going to be a lot of hurdles. There's going to be a lot of ups and downs, ebbs and flows. It is to continue to fail forward, to continue mm-hmm. moving it and keep it on going. Like right. the second we sit in our shit, we start smelling like it. Like you have to fail forward. You have to learn to roll with the punches wow. because resilience isn't necessarily taught. Like it was, like I was a latchkey kid and plus the life that I grew up anyway. But like in my generation, we, we had a bit more like learning of resilience and agility, mm-hmm. I'll say. And this is mm-hmm. no dig or shade to any other. Like it's just part of our generation. Mm-hmm. And with that being said, like you can still learn resilience. It's a muscle, like learn to flex right. it. And so right. with business, you're going to have a lot of stuff, but I, I actually fail forward. I And mm-hmm. I'll leave you with this one last thing. And I can't remember who said it, but I saw this my favorite news feed is Instagram because <laughs> I don't watch the news. So I sit and that's like one guilty pleasure. I aimlessly scroll through Instagram, bad habit. Anyway, I remember seeing this one and this guy was talking about if you commit to 20 minutes a day to one thing. So one skill that you want to learn 20 minutes a day and then 365 days, you will be better at that one skill than like 95% of the world. Mm-hmm. 20 mm-hmm. minutes a day progress over perfection right. little chunks it's not you know and especially from somebody who comes from a sales background we can have a thing called the white elephant right so the white elephant is that big job that you're looking out for which is okay it's okay but big jobs typically those white elephants aren't what pays the bills it is the little ones that do it's every days. So it's the everyday actions. That's going to get you further. What is one choice you can make today? That's going to move you towards that, that, that particular thing versus the big leaps and bounds. Those are just icings on the cake, making those daily action steps towards your goal is going to get you there. I love that. I love that. I love that. And that's where that grace comes in. If you just allow yourself, okay, I didn't do the big thing, but I did little things today. Give yourself grace on that. I love that. So Lynn, where can people find you if they want to uh, pick up your books or just follow you on social media? Yeah. I, 
I hear a Luda song in my head. Uh, I won't. I won't repeat that. It's area codes, but I won't sing it. Um, okay, so I'm everywhere. <laughs> That's right. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Pinterest. On my personal, my book is the Pursuit of Badassery. Uh, with an IE. It's through Amazon. Uh, we also have the podcast on all platforms, uh, the Pursuit of Badassery, IE. Um, you can always drop me a DM in one of the one of the places. Uh, I don't think Pinterest, but LinkedIn, Facebook, right. Instagram. I'm active on all. Um, yeah. And uh, of course, my website, lynnahoward.com, which is being going to be updated soon because <laughs> I haven't put effort there. That's the whole thing. Like, it's needed to be updated for a couple of years, but I've been lazy. I've been, I haven't been lazy. I've been writing Busy. books and doing other things. <laughs> so, right, right, right. Making other awesome. shit happen. <laughs> awesome. And we'll include links as well in the um in this episode description as well. It's an awesome. Well, thank mm-hmm. you so much, Lynn, for sharing your journey and giving us a lot of gems. <laughs> oh, thanks for having me. I really have fun. Thank you. Oh, yeah. You're welcome. You're welcome. Are you an entrepreneur or a small business owner? Or is your target audience entrepreneurs or business owners? Then we definitely have a spot for you. Become an advertiser or an actual guest on our podcast. We are stepping forward and we'd love to have you a part of our team. Send an email to info at entrepreneurshiphappens.com and we'll get right back to you and get you all scheduled and on our list. See you then. Thank you for listening to our show today. If there was any part that you liked, please feel free to drop us a voice message. Next week, we'll be talking to Tori Anderson, a teacher that started a tutoring program to help middle school students not only excel in math, but also in life. Also, please, once again, do not forget to like, subscribe, and share on all of our social media platforms. Until next time, peace. IRS notices can be intimidating, but waiting to act could cost you your valuable taxpayer rights. Don't try to handle the IRS alone. These agents are trained to track you into agreements designed to collect as much money as possible. Don't pay thousands of dollars to a marketing company claiming to be a tax resolution firm. Get behind the shield. The enrolled agents at Elite A Tax and Financial Services are experts at tax resolution, protecting taxpayers' rights, and are federally licensed to represent taxpayers before the IRS. Elite A Tax and Financial Services has the knowledge, skill, and experience to assist you with audit representation, liens, levies, offers and compromise, innocent spouse relief, wage garnishment, back taxes, and more. Don't lose sleep, time, or your rights as a taxpayer. Make your appointment today at Elite8Financial.com to schedule a consultation and get the IRS off your back. Get behind the shield.